Today's Bible reading is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 6, starting at 35 through 44. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That will take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basket full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Our second Bible reading is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, John, for that reading, and good morning again. Welcome, it's lovely to see you this morning, whether you're a regular member or you're visiting us or whether you're watching this online, you are very welcome to be here this morning. Today we're continuing with this Envision series, this is part two. Last week was part one of our Vision Sunday, this is Vision Sunday part two. And last week we were looking at the big picture of what we feel God has called us as a church family. What's his vision for us? And we were reflecting on that um, God's calling us to take risks for Jesus, that it's okay to fail for Jesus and we need to make space for Jesus in our own lives and also in the lives of our church and our gatherings. Today, the question I want to ask you is how is God calling you to get involved in that vision? How might God be calling you to get involved in the vision? We're not just here to go through the motions. Our vision statement is to see lives transformed to the love and the power of Jesus. That's what we want to do. 
is to see lives transformed in this community for Jesus. But how is God calling you to get involved in the vision? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this wonderful miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. And we thank you for your plans and your purposes for this church family here for this season. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each of our hearts this morning and what it might look for us to be involved in the vision you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our reading, um, which John read to us, was this awesome miracle of Jesus. Most of us have probably heard of the feeding of the 5,000. It's a well-known miracle. And it's this wonderful encounter of this small child who brings just a few loaves and a few fishes, and Jesus takes them, and he feeds 5,000 people. And I think it speaks to where we are as a church at this moment in time, and how each of us can get involved in the vision. So I have three points. They all begin with the letter H. They should be easy to remember. And the first H is help. Everyone can help. Every single person can help. Beginning of the year, I received an email from the diocese about going on a course. I got a little bit excited. I thought, oh, a new type of leadership course. But they've obviously worked out that I'm now in my early 50s, believe it or not. And um, I thought, could this be an exciting course about church planting or um, and how to do mission in a better way, how to grow church, how to multiply numbers? Now, this was a course about how to look at the, the next season of my life, how to, as I'm slowing down where I might need to go, how to prepare for uh, maybe a smaller church, how to start to take it easy. And I was thinking... Um, they want me to prepare for retirement. They're trying to get rid of me. So I was thinking about this, and I was, I was feeling a little bit down about this. And then I was talking to someone, and they said, I hear you do a midweek service. And I said, that's right. And they said, they said it's for mature people. I said, yep. And they said, is that an over 50 service? So I thought, okay, maybe I am old. I'm classed as mature now. And then the, the final nail in the coffin was I got a letter from my doctor's surgery. And they got a deal with a local leisure centre. Again, I was excited. I, I like to go to the gym and work out, but it costs money. And I thought, well, if I can use the local leisure centre for free, it's going to be amazing. Um, so they said, there's a couple of activities you could do. And I was thinking, what's this? Boxer size, maybe CrossFit training, something else exciting? Gentle yoga. That was the first activity. Not just normal yoga, but gentle yoga. And then the second activity, that was the final sort of nail in the coffin. Um, it was badminton, but not normal badminton. They don't even trust me to run around a court. Walking badminton. <laughs> it was at that point I thought, life is totally over. I'll just give up. What's the point of carrying on? Walking badminton. Have you ever heard of it? I don't know. But I don't know if that's how you feel or if you think you have nothing to offer. But when you read through the Bible, you get a very different picture. That Actually, every single person can help. If you're in your senior years and you're around your 80s, then be reminded that Moses wasn't even called by God until he was 80 years old. That's when he began his ministry. And then if you're young, remember that Samuel was 12 years old. He would have been year six at high school when God called him, just a small child. He didn't know anything. God called him when he was 12. Mary was 14 years old when she carried Jesus. And then we have men like Gideon who led a nation, women like Deborah, who got to lead a whole nation. And God uses people who are like prostitutes, like Rahab, scoundrels like Jacob. It doesn't matter how old or young you are, 
whether you're a male or a female, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, God calls everyone. Every single person can help. And the vision we have for this church can only happen if every single person is involved. It won't happen with just a few people, just a few paid staff. It only happens if everyone's involved. What I love about this feeding of the 5,000 is it shows us the model of Jesus' ministry because Jesus just works through ordinary, broken people to do the things that God calls us to do. Verse 37, Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Verse 41, he gets the disciples to distribute all the bread and the loaves. He always works for us. And I know many of you already do so much, and we are so grateful for everything that you do to, to, to keep our ministries, our activities, our events, and our mission going in this church. But God is always doing something new, isn't he? At least once a year, I, I try to just come before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, thank you for what I've been involved in, but what are the things I need to continue? What are the things I need to lay down? What are the things I need to pick up in this season? And maybe today or this week or for you this season, that's a question you can ask of God. What are the things that you need to continue? What are the things that God might be calling you to lay down? What are the things that God's calling you to pick up? We have two members of our team who have been asking those questions and they're now exploring ordained ministry. It's so exciting. What might God be saying to you this morning? What might he be saying to you? So the vision only happens when all of us are involved. Help. Every single person can help, regardless of who you are. The second H is hands. What's in your hands? What are you holding in your hands today? In verse 37, reading from that, Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, it will take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus says, well, what do you have in your hands? How many loaves do you have? What do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five loaves, two fishes. In this miracle, I think it's one of the greatest principles about giving. Because as a church, we feed probably hundreds of people each week. We have no facilities. That's why we need a new kitchen. We have this growing youth work, and we want to do so much more for youth, but we have no space for youth to meet. We have this amazing, dedicated team of leaders, of volunteers. We go into schools. We support young people. We provide food. We support the most vulnerable in our community. We look after buildings. They keep the services going. But we, we struggle to pay salaries. What Jesus does in this miracle is introduce us to one of the key principles of the kingdom. Your gift plus Jesus is enough. Your gift plus Jesus is enough. The disciples look at the situation and they think, we've got this much, but we've got to feed this much. You know, it doesn't make sense. How are we going to do it? We only have this much. And Jesus says, no, you have this much you have to feed this much, but with me, you plus Jesus, you have this much. There's always enough when we bring what we have, what we're holding, and we give it to Jesus, and he does the rest. Jesus asks the disciples to feed 5,000 people, but he never says to them, go and find 5,000 loaves of bread, 5,000 fishes. He says, just give me what you're holding, and I will do the rest. He says, what's in your hands? You give me what you do, I will do the rest. He says, how many loaves do you have? And then Jesus does the rest. And that's what he asks of us this morning. What are you holding in your hands? 
you plus Jesus is enough. God responds to the sacrificial giving of his people. You plus Jesus is enough. So everyone can help what's in your hands. And the last H is heart. It's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. This is the point where I upset maybe our wardens and our treasurers because I tell them it's not about the money. It's not about money. There are over 2,000 verses of, about money in the Bible, so it's an important subject, and it has some connection, but it's not about the money. In our second reading, which John read to us from Corinthians, St. Paul says this. He says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, to, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful forgiver. Give what you have in your heart, not reluctantly because you're forced. God loves a cheerful giver. What you choose to give is between you and God because it's all about your heart. The New Testament doesn't actually give a figure or a percentage of how much you should give. For some, 10% of your income might be far, far too much. For others, 10% of your income isn't even a struggle and you could give more. But it's between you and God because Jesus isn't after your money. He's always after your heart. When Jesus was teaching his disciples about money, he said this, he said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What we do with our possessions is something about our worship, our devotion, and the state of our hearts. It's about our devotion to Jesus. And the Christian faith is all about giving. I mean, we all know this. We see it in the heart of God with his gift of Jesus to each one of us. The Father gives the Son out of love. Jesus gives his life out of love. It's proof of how much God loves you. That the Father gives the Son. And if you don't know the Son, I'd encourage you, I'd invite you to, to say, Father, will you help me know your Son? Will you help me know this person, Jesus? Because that's the ultimate sign of God's love. God's love for you and me. And it's easy to say as we worship, as we sing songs, to say, God, you have my heart. But the proof of it is what we do with our possessions. Of what we do with the thing that Jesus says is is, is Special is our priorities in life. Giving is our proof of how much we love God. And this isn't really about the Saviour's church. It's about Jesus and his love for you and me. How we respond to that love is through serving, it's through worship, and it's through giving. And it's not always money. It's, it's our gifts, it's our time, it's our resources, it's our skills, it's our expertise. Whatever God is laying on your heart to say, this is the thing that you're holding today which you can give to further my kingdom in this place. Where our possessions are, that's where our heart is. So how is God calling you to get involved in the vision? How is he calling you? What might God be laying on your heart this morning? Maybe it's serving a new way, stepping out in a new way or a new area. Maybe it is increasing your giving. Maybe it is just being prompted, maybe for a one-off donation. It's between you and God. That's your heart. That's, that's for you to allow the Spirit to roam your heart and say, where is my heart in all of this, Lord? Whatever it is, it's always going to be a step of faith. We give out of faith. That's why it's between you and God. It's an act of faith. It's not easy. Giving's never easy. It cost the Father everything when he gave his Son. He didn't just give us part of him. Jesus gave his all for you and me that we might spend eternity with him. None of us need to feed 5,000 people, you might be pleased to know. We just need to be like that small boy and give what we have 
and then Jesus does the rest. Help. Everyone can help. Hands. What are you holding in your hands and heart? It's all about your heart. We are treasurers. That's where your heart is also. That's what Jesus said. Whatever we face, whatever the challenge is, if there's one thing to take away today, you plus Jesus is enough. It's not about our perception of we need to do this or need to do this, but whatever we have, however small it is, you plus Jesus is more than enough. And at the end of this miracle, they picked up baskets and baskets full of bread. There is always more. There's always an abundance with the Lord. When we give him, there's always more. We always receive so much more back when it's for God's kingdom and for his glory. You plus Jesus is enough. If you're able, would you like to stand? And if the band can come back. We know what the vision is. The vision is to build God's kingdom here. But that's not something I can do, or the team, or some of our amazing volunteers. It only happens when all of us are involved. And how you will be involved in the vision for this season is your choice, it's your decision. God loves a cheerful giver. It's not about condemnation, it's not about guilt. It's about what you feel the Spirit is saying to your hearts, of what is calling you for this next 12 months. And it's faith, it's trust, it's trust that God wants to do something unique and special here that's not just about supporting and encouraging and seeing our kids happy. It's about something that's going to last for all eternity. Every penny, every name on the rotor, Every person that gives up some time to come and do the sound desk or to say hi as you come through the door. Every person that's putting the chairs away. They're building on something that will last forever. This is about eternity. Life in all its fullness today, but forever. That we get to do this, not just until I retire, which according to the dice is quite soon. <laughs> But we get to do this forever. My brother Ian's wearing his Arsenal shirt today, knowing I'm a Spurs supporter. But we'll get to talk about Arsenal and Spurs for the next thousand years, 10,000 years, hundreds of thousands of years. We get to hang out together and do this joyful thing. We're a family. That's what we're building. On something that has eternal significance. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here this morning. We ask you, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And this morning, I'd I'd invite you just to, I mean, if you're real about this faith thing, I mean, again, it's a choice. We don't have to engage with what God might be saying to us, but if you want to, my, my, my encouragement to you is that when we ask God, we always receive so much more back. back. It's, it's, not, it's not really a sacrifice. When we trust God with our things, God protects our things. 
and gives us so much more. And I encourage you just to say, Lord, what are you calling me to do today? How are you calling me to be involved in the vision for this church in this season? And if you have the, the humility, the courage to ask the Lord that question, he'll speak to you. And it might be in your finances. If that's what the Lord says, that's your treasure. But it might be in time. It might be in your giftings. But if you ask him, he'll speak speak to you, he'll speak for others, he'll encourage you, he'll confirm it. So come Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts. The Lord's plan is that he will see a community living in grace and peace and in relationship with him. does it through you and me he says you feed them what have you got in your hands what can you give to me so I can multiply and father we want to just present our gifts to you this morning and we say would you take them would you multiply them would you use them for your kingdom and your glory you want to release them to you we don't want to be possessive you want to have open hands and we thank you Lord that we can't outgive you Imagine that little boy who went with his lunchbox of loaves and fishes and he came home with a massive basket full enough to feed his family for the next week. And his mom said, what happened? And he said, I gave what I had to Jesus and this is what Jesus does. When you release your stuff to him, you get it back, but anointed and multiplied and blessed. And I pray for every single person here, Lord, who you're speaking to their hearts this morning, that they would be amazed at what you will do over the next month, over the rest of this year, that as they give sacrificially, whatever that looks like, they would receive it back, multiplied, anointed, and blessed. That we can't outgive you, Lord. You are a good God. And we thank you for that.